Hello, this is Family Electric Ghost. I have Deanna Friend on. Hello. Hi. Yes. So, yeah, I'd like to give a little brief background before we start. Sure. So I'm Family Electric Ghost. I'm an electronic music producer and musician and podcaster. I've been doing podcasts on Anchor FM for the last two years. We're part of Spotify. We have over 22,000 listens since 2018. And we interview indie artists, actors, musicians, and um, uh, we also interview companies that create music um, instruments uh, for musicians. Um, so we have Sienna Friend, and you're from Los Angeles? I am, yes. I currently live in Los Angeles. And you, you had you grown up in Colorado? That's correct, before? yep. Cool. Um, yeah, so I was reading your profile on your website, and you've got some really uh, – great taste of music when I, I, I'm kind of showing my age, but I bought Exile and Guyville back in 93 when it came out. Oh yeah. <laughs> on <awesome>. CD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was very much um, into college radio. And mm-hmm. at that time, um, you know, I was listening to Juliana Hatfield and the Blake babies, you know, Liz fair and her girly sound um, that she had created, which was yeah. kind of pre pre riot girl. Um, and Sleater Keeney, you know, that kind of work. I was, I was listening to bands like Who's to Do, and I was listening to your album, uh, Neon. Mm-hmm. And like the first song, California, really does channel Liz Fair kind of Juliana Hatfield vibe. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely love them. Um, yeah. Yeah, my mom was like listening to, you know, Exile and Guyville and those albums during that time when they came out. So I was like lucky to have that. Uh, to be able to hear that at a young age. <laughs> I also hear a little Susanna Vega. Mm, yeah. Um. So like Tom's Diner kind of like Luca kind of vibe. Um. So I'm gonna get into the questions. Could we start with that? We had sent you that ahead of time. Yeah. So I think I had read that when you first got into music, but I'm gonna ask you. Sure. Uh, at what age did you first get into music? <laughs> um. Well, I did really love music like all my life, like as a as a child growing up, I listened to a lot of music and I would sometimes like, you know, kind of like write my own little songs, but I didn't really get into it until I was 13. And that's when I started playing guitar and like really thinking that I could write my own stuff. That's cool. So, I mean, so you primarily use the guitar because you're a guitar player, singer, songwriter. Yeah. Um, but I've heard like um, other instrument instrumentation on some of your songs, like on, on Neon, there are drums and it sounds like there's strings yeah. uh, like inside walls and the thirst. And so I was just wondering, like, are you, do you have a full band or you work with other musicians or do you play other instruments? I don't really play many other instruments. Um, I play bass, but that's about it. So for that one, um, I worked with a producer and recorded that album in the studio. So he played some stuff on it, and then we brought, like, friends in on it. So at the moment, I don't have a band that I regularly play with, although I have been in bands in the past. But Yeah, I was reading that because in your background, you said you, you used to play – like in at Penny Lane in Boulder. Yeah. And you said, well, you did just do like solo, like acoustic, like unplugged type of thing. 
Yeah, totally. Like I, I would, I was playing there when I was a teenager doing like open mics and mm -hmm. showcases and stuff, but that's a cool venue. They're not, they don't exist anymore, but that was a oh, that's too bad. awesome I love, spot. Like, yeah, I used to do beat poetry. I kind of started oh, as a poet. That's awesome. All my, all my songs started from like, I used to, I'm a published poet, you know, back, back in the day when yeah. I was in my 20s, I, I self-published a bunch of poetry. And then I, I, I'm a keyboardist. I've been playing keyboard since I was 17. And, and uh, you know, I was always into new wave, new romantic stuff. And uh, I just, for years, I just played keyboards. Yeah, yeah. I never did any kind of singing. And then I found Voitoders. And I created my alter ego, Josephine. Oh, cool. <laughs> Electric. And then she's like the lead singer of my band, which is Fam Like the Ghost. And it's, it's like, it's like kind of like gorillas with this kind of fictional yeah. kind of band that's created from that but yeah it's like playing new york is like the best place for me to play because i come from new hampshire and they're not really into the, what i'm doing in terms of electronic music but new york and boston are more open to that so yeah i live in the northeast i go to some venues there are small clubs like 300 400 seat clubs but yeah. um that's cool so you, you also were saying that you, you're influenced by dylan which is always yeah he's a big influence for me andy defranco Joni mitchell I was just listening to Coyote. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite songs from um, Joni. Yeah. And um, Nancy Griffith. Also, yeah. yeah, you did the name checked her. So that you got really good um, singer songwriter references. Yeah. I mean, all of, reference points. <laughs> yeah. All those people are just, you know, like such brilliant lyricists and, I've always yeah. been a, I've always been a lyric person. Like that's what I hear when I listen to music, and that's usually where my songs start. So those yeah, are Beatles. definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I hear a lot of kids today though name check like all these bands, but they never mention the Beatles. They never mention like any of the classic people. They kind of like they're living in the in the two thousands right or twenty tens. That's cool, but it's kind of like you, you kind of got to build your bones as a songwriter. Yeah. And whether you like that genre or not, like to understand what Dylan's doing, I think as a songwriter in any genre is a good idea. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I would get back to the questions. So you started when you were young and you really kind of started writing your own songs in your t early teens. I did. Yeah. So when did you decide, decide you know, that you had songs that were like, OK, I'm going to bring this to the public. I'm going to actually go out. And, and 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 start showing my own material to to the world yeah um i think it took it took like a couple years i i never took lessons on guitar or voice or anything i was just like really doing it on my own and i taught myself to play guitar um actually from like this old Beatles songbook that I think my dad had around and it had like the chord charts in it. So I started doing that and then I started like using those chords to write my own songs. Um, but yeah, they were, they were very like awkward, you know, at first I didn't really know how to write songs. So mm -hmm. I think it took a couple years and then my parents were really supportive. So I started doing some open mics or just playing them for my friends, you know, when I was like 15, 16, started doing more of that. Um, yeah. So in 2017, it said you went to Nashville and you actually worked with one of your musical heroes. Yeah. And, uh, that, did that help really kind of define 
the work that we see in neon from like that did that kind of come come from that it definitely did yeah so I feel like I've been through you know a lot of like phases with music and it's kind of um at that point in my life like I had moved to LA on music for a few years and then I just was really missing it um there was this work with Jonathan Brooke who was also a really great like singer songwriter in the 90s she was part of this duo called the story oh um, I, know them. I heard them before yeah yeah they have like those amazing harmonies um and so she's someone that I also grew up listening to and yeah so I got to go take her workshop in Nashville and that was really inspiring and that definitely started getting me writing again and yeah all the songs on neon I think came after I took that workshop so yeah, yeah I, I think Nashville. in the past I, I yeah Nashville that was the first time I went to Nashville so just like That's seeing great... that scene and being there was <laughs> really yeah, fun. It's so, it's so, everybody probably just thinks it's country music but you know Jack White's there and there's a lot of other stuff happening there it's just a great place for me yeah it's kind of like New Orleans or yeah. LA or New York City, you know, or London. It's like it's like one of those places. If you're a musician, you want to go just to work with the session yeah. musicians and all the other people that are around there. But especially as a songwriter, like Nashville is really the place for oh, yeah. songwriters. I feel. Yeah, well, I was kind of. I always grew up with the old Johnny Cash, like the Sun record stuff, and I, I used to just get caught up in the old school. Um, <laughs> like Americana yeah. from like the band and Dylan and you know oh, yeah. Waylon Jennings yeah, and stuff like that. But um, I'm kind of all over the map. You know, I go from progressive rock to punk rockers like The Clash and and like uh, you know bands like uh, uh, New New Order, Joy Division. But I'm kind of like all yeah. over the place. Because I'm, I'm a keyboard player, so I'll I'll look at like Sun Rock. I'll, I'll look at Davis. I would look at Coltrane. And then I'll I'll look at you know progressive guys like Emerson Lake and Palmer, just because mm-hmm. I, I use like analog modes. Because a lot of people electronic t- music today they're like EDM they're using like laptops. Yeah. But I, I like yeah. I prefer the analog voicing of like real old school like mini modes and stuff like that, just because. Yeah. It's kind of like with your guitar. If if you if you're a keyboardist and you have a more organic keyboard, it's going to be like having a better guitar. <laughs> you know? Right. But uh, yeah, I see that you're also a filmmaker. So when you said you took like a break, was that when you were doing your filmmaking, your visual art? Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I I moved out to LA to kind of get more into the film scene. Actually, I didn't really come out here for music, and I've worked in various aspects of that. I've done cinematography, and I've directed. I have wrote it written and directed like a couple short films and so yeah I think you know it all kind of goes together though like I've always had like multiple forms of creativity that I'm passionate about and they kind of like come more strongly at different points of my life but I realized I'll never I'll never stop making music so Mm -hmm. I had to come back to that (laughs) have you thought of integrating your visual art and your filmmaking into your music like producing your own videos or film projects to go with your music I have actually yeah I've actually made um, a couple music videos for some of the songs on neon 
Um, I did one that was uh, like a stop motion that me and my husband, he's also a filmmaker, so we collaborate on stuff. So we made that, and that was really fun. That's cool. You can check, you can see that on YouTube. I'll put a link um, to that because we can put hyperlinks. So, yeah, link, that'd be I link awesome. to your main site and to your Spotify, but I also link to your YouTube. Um, if I, cool. You can always send it if you could send it, make it easier. But I probably could find yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But um, I can send it, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, but yeah, I mean, music and film really go hand in hand. So, you know, I think in the future, I want to go more in that direction of combining the two. What's cool, like, the thing that, because you're an acoustic guitar player, what's really cool is I've been doing, like, live casting, like, podcasting, like, on Facebook Live. Yeah. For the last three years, oh, cool. I've done a lot of shows. Um, and you know, it's kind of like a prep for going to doing real live shows. Cause I can, I actually use tripods and film my, my recording sessions in my studio, my home studio. And oh, then cool. I put them out on the web and I wear my, my, my stage gear, which is all this led stuff, but, um, uh-huh. <laughs> I like dead mouse stuff, but, um, uh, yeah. but the thing is, that's cool is like in the last uh, year, uh, I'm working on a project where Bands that I've interviewed on this podcast, we're going to actually do like a Facebook live where we're going to showcase some of the folks that I've interviewed are going to do like uh, like a session from their studio. And then we're going to put it on, oh. on my family, like the ghost site, which is going to be cool. Awesome. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're looking, that's a great idea. Yeah. So we're always looking to, you know, do stuff like that. So if you ever get into that and you ever want to join us, because we're going to start doing it. We're working with a band, an artist from um, the Netherlands who's going to be on. And then a oh, band cool. from Atlanta uh, that we interviewed called Vibe. Uh, we're going to talk to their bass player is going to do something with us. But, um, yeah, we're always looking for people if they're interested. But Yeah, definitely interested. I, I like that, you know, this new world that we live in, like stuff like that is becoming more possible. And there's a lot you can just do from home to connect with other people. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of cool tools. I mean, I've got some tools from Roland that let me do it. Um, but uh, I always got to give him a little plug because <laughs> it's kind of my yeah. second career as a podcaster. But um, so one of the other things um, we talked about some of your reference points already, but your writing mm-hmm. style and your, your genre, what would you say it is? It's um, like it's indie music, it's alternative, but do you have a particular genre that you would like if somebody, one of your fans asked you what genre you're in or what genres you use in your yeah. music? What would you? I would say it. I would say it's folk music, you know, it's, it can be like more folk pop or folk rock, but I think it's definitely yeah in the folk genre. Um, kind of like Bright Eyes for Connor Uber. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of, kind of folky. Yeah. Like, he <clears throat> he kind of goes either way. Sometimes I'll do full acoustic stuff and then I'll do electric stuff and the Casadega is kind of like 70s like yeah. pop and then he'll do like more stripped down stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I love Red Eyes. He's a big influence for yeah, sure. Yeah, heard they're as coming well. back this year. There's all these pictures <laughs> showing. Uh, oh, are they? Pitch, yeah, because he's been doing his own stuff for a while. Yeah, Pitchfork just had a bunch of photos showing the band reunited. They took publicity photos that looks like they're gonna, you know, do a new album, which is like last. I, I love Casadega. I like the People's Key, but Casadega was like one yeah. of my big favorites back in the day. I thought that yeah. was like brilliant, but. Yeah, I love Casadega. I love Lifted. Yeah, that's a good album, too. Um, yeah. So because you're an acoustic musician, you play guitar, um, 
do you use like digital audio workstations or, or do you primarily go to studios and work with producers? Do you put things down into like Pro Tools or do you wait to go to the studio with like uh, like a recording from your phone or something that you put together? How how do you record? I always ask people about what kind of flow yeah. you use. So I'm kind of like starting on a new venture right now with um, setting up my own like a home studio and getting more into that. But in the past, it's uh, pretty much been studios like I'll just I like doing like demos in, you know, logic or on my phone, Mm -hmm. but I haven't taken it very far as far as the production. So, um, you know, I like going into the studio and having that collaboration and working with different people. But um for my next album, I'm planning to produce it all myself. So I'm learning a lot right now, and oh, so you're building I'm your own, kind of excited your home, to see where that goes. So you're building a home studio yeah. out, and you're getting all the tools. Yes, exactly. Yeah, kind of like I've always kind of been very old school. I used to be with bands like recording in the basement on Tascam tape recorders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like old four track and eight track, and then you know mic and the drums and that's kind of what I used to do. And I, what I done today is I kind of stay away from the DAW. I use, I use digital recorders like zoom R24s, R16s. And, and then I Mm -hmm. use analog sense and everything goes into quarter inch into these digital recorders. And because I'm using all these analog sense, I really don't like using the DAWs because if if you have a Moog or a profit and you bring it into a DAW or FL studio, it kind of compresses the signal. Yeah. And uh, as an acoustic, well, you know, since, like those are kind of like acoustic instruments. Kind of like if you're going to take a drum, you got to mic the drum, you know? Yeah, and, exactly. And you got to get it in so you don't lose what you're doing. And, you know, I just kind of been a fan of of tape and then, you know, punching in and punching out and, and live recording tracks. And it's, you know, in this day and age, people are like, well, that's kind of like the hard way to do it. But, but, right. but it kind of drives my creative process. And, totally yeah i get that and i just like the way i can put things together kind of like in a you know jam band jazz kind of style and it kind of fits the way i like to do my music but um yeah it's interesting there's a lot of people that, that you can collaborate now with these way these home studios are set up i actually did a collaboration with a, with an artist in your neck of the woods like three years ago um all control k we did a record called two infinitum and she was going between denver and la <laughs> and mm, we never met cool. we never physically met we did everything over the net <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's awesome and i'm planning to do some of that on this album too oh, like. so, yeah that was like my next collect um, question is like are you going to collaborate with other musicians in and then the other question is are they like in your same genre or they're in different genres like would you collaborate with like a hip-hop artist or a dj or, or a heavy metal artist or like, or would you just stay within your lane? It's kind of like the question. A lot of people seem to be cr- yeah. cross genre today. I'm, I'm interested in it. I mean, you know, I don't think I would do anything at this point that changes my sound too much, mm-hmm. but like for my stuff, but I'm also just like really interested in collaborating and co-writing and pretty much working with anybody. You know, I kind of, I like writing in different genres, actually, that aren't necessarily like songs that I would put out under my name, mm-hmm. but, um, like maybe doing, you know, like, working like, with different artists. Yeah, because like EDM artists or DJs sometimes want to have a vocalist kind of do a vocal to go with like, yeah. like a dance track or a, 
like a bass heavy beat or you know even like hip-hop artists want to have vocals in the back or like backing yeah. vocals or melodies and they'll get like like somebody from a different genre to do it um because that's where they kind of are, are mixing different different aspects of music and i think that seems to be a really cool thing to do and this, this kind of widens your capability if you if you put yourself in a place where maybe you're not as comfortable but it, it kind of gives you a different view of what you know what you can do as a musician but yeah yeah definitely i think the more people you can work with the more you can learn and grow as an artist so i love to work with people of any genre really so for neon did you tour like in california and and in colorado did you stay in that neck of the woods or or did you bring it anywhere else no i haven't really gone on tour for it i've just been kind of hanging out around la and playing a couple shows here um so for your next project, are you thinking of a, a stand in California primary area of your primary audience? Or are you looking into maybe, you know, joining the way the festival circuit is now in, in the music industry? It seems like the big the big draws are these big mega festivals like the Coachella. Right. Or the, 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 in these, these big events in Europe and, you know, all over the place. But it just seems um, that's, the you know, seems to be the, the trend in these big festival type concert rather than just a big band just doing like a Pearl Jam concert even though they're coming back um, mm -hmm. but it seems like Coachella is what everybody's thinking about you know right uh, or, or the big you know like you know big festivals in Europe yeah yeah I mean that would be great I I, I think you know it's it's a great atmosphere and to be able to like have so many artists together at once um yeah yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm such a homebody, especially right now that it's like, I, I don't see myself like traveling. touring a lot, Yeah, but <laughs> I do like to travel, but it's just like, well, the other alternative is like what I was saying is there's a lot of bands that are doing the live stream and given the type of music you've done on Neon, I mean, that you could totally do like an unplugged version of that album on a Facebook live or on a YouTube. Yeah, for sure. And then, then your audience gets to see you and then you don't have to worry about traveling or booking and getting a hotel room and all that. Um, it, it's just a cool way to connect. And, and, you know, I like to do demos and, you know, show progression of songs. And this kind of opens up what you can show your audience, you know, it depends on what yeah. you're comfortable with, but the technology is such now that like it used to be very expensive to do it. And now it's not so expensive. And, you know, most of the time it doesn't even cost you anything other than getting the equipment. Um, yeah, yeah. But but it's, it's I think it's a cool way to, to connect and not, you know, and to get your, your audiences worldwide, you know, when you go up on any of these streaming services, like Spotify. Right. You can you can yep. reach way beyond your local area. Um, and I think that's one of the cool things about the industry now. I, I kind of see Spotify, you know, even though I, I, I work for them, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like the radio. Right. They're like the radio station. You know, the, yeah. like college radio used to be. I grew up like mm. where where we found the bands that we find now on social media. We used to listen to them on college radio, and that's where you find right. all the new bands like like REM, REMs or the Hooskadoos, the Replacements, the Indigo Girls. All those they were really breaking it in the college scene, and then sometimes they'd go beyond that and then get signed by a bigger label. But now, like it, because everybody can go and find a way to get out to Spotify and Tidal and Apple Music and all the rest of them, 
there's like a lot of music and it's kind of hard to discern you know yeah what's going on but there there's opportunities so what what do you think about the direction of the way the music music industry is going in terms of that yeah i think you know it's good and bad it's like you said there's so much more out there that it's kind of hard to really stand out but there's a lot of opportunity as well and just the fact that you know you could record a song in your house and release it to the world like not in a short amount of time is pretty awesome and just that everybody's kind of like making their own way and figuring out new things you know with like patreon and yeah just like different ways to reach your audience you know i think yeah it's obviously (laughs) definitely it's it's harder to make a living. Well, I don't know. I mean, well, it's like the old. It's, har- it's harder to make a ton of money, yeah. but then there are opportunities. You just kind of have to get creative. Well, the thing is, back in the day, because I'm showing my age, I'm in my fifties. You could get yeah, label, but if your first two, three records didn't do it, you're done. Right. right? And we're now where this indie thing is. You could stay out there for years, um, yeah. and keep on doing what you love. That it wasn't like okay, if you don't break it by the second LP, you're, you're off the label, right. you know? And, and so there, that, in that, there's an opportunity. But the other thing is, because of streaming, and ever since Napster and all these other things, and Apple Music um, and Spotify, the value of your music, like it used to be that, well, you're going to get the price of a CD, you know? You're going to get right. the price of a download. That was what people did. Now you have to sell merch. You have to go on Patreon. You have to do Bandcamp. Yep you might sell, make more money selling t-shirts and posters than you do from your record. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> and, and so that's where one thing I'm kind of disappointed that, that, you know, in an age where kids are willing to spend $60 for an Xbox video game, but they won't pay $10 for the, their artist like album. Yeah. It's just so not the I, way I, people I, think anymore. It's all yeah. about the streaming and yeah, it's gotta be a way to get people connected to, to music and understand musicians you know it would be cool if you would you know, support the projects <laughs> exactly yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes in the next few years like i don't know yeah. i wonder if things will ever swing back around or yeah i mean it's gonna keep going like you, you have to kind of find out different ways like like this podcast as, mm-hmm. as an artist i was able to get this and i actually do pretty well and, um, you know, I'm on a record label. I have a distribution contract, but I actually do better with this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you do a so, lot of these, right? Like, you, yes, how many I, podcasts do you do a week? I do uh, typically two a yeah. week. And then I talk about my own music at, like yeah. as, as a separate session. So I might have three or four episodes a week. And, yeah. um, and I've got sponsors and I get supported by, by Spotify. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so in that way, I'm able to be, you know, have a cash flow coming in that's different than my music, which takes longer to get money from. <laughs> totally. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, the only way I can get music quick is if I go to New York and I play a show in New York. Yeah. Come close to New York so I can do that and you can get more money doing that than waiting for your check from Spotify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's not all about money, man. If it was about money, I would have stopped playing when I was 15. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. I don't, no one's in it for the money, especially now. So, 
Yeah, you kind of do it because you love to do it. And I think what's cool about the whole social media is the, is the opportunity to work with musicians. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. I'm working with a with a lady in the Netherlands. I work with I work with somebody in Denmark. I've done uh, collaborations with bands in New York City, and uh, like I said, I'm working on these uh, these uh, Facebook live shows. So the ability to be able to connect to artists and never even physically have met them, uh, work with them is just amazing. I, that's why I really love about today. I think that that's just opens up a lot of opportunities to, to, to do things in different ways and meet people and do different types of music. Yes, definitely. So are you working on that? You're saying you're working on a new project. Is that uh, for a 2020 release? I think it will be it's very early in the phases um really i'm just writing at the moment and i'm Mm -hmm. planning to record it in the next six months and you know we'll see there'll definitely be a single this year if not the whole album because uh can take a while to finish as you know yeah because albums i mean i'm kind of into album format i grew up you know listening to like tommy and yeah. like concept albums right because I'm, yeah. a, I'm a pro- i'm a progressive like synth guy so genesis you know lamb lies down on broadway quadrophenia tommy pink floyd and so if you're in that kind of vein and you're, you're building these, like you know 10 minute songs mm-hmm. eight minute songs uh, and that's where i still write a lot of songs like that and, and people are like well why why do you write like well there's still fans that want to hear that it's a niche it's not like the two, three minute niche. It's a different type of niche that people want to see that kind of progressive rock type of thing. But yeah, that what I do tends to be like it's album oriented. So, yeah. so there's whole concepts. I tell stories and that's kind of where I come up from is you boost to buy an album. You listen to the wall because it's like you put the wall on your record player and you didn't just jump around. You listen to the whole thing through. Yeah. And I kind of, yeah. that's the way I still listen to music, even though everybody has this kind of playlist mentality. I still listen to bands when I find a record that I, I really dig. I dig it because I like listening to it all the way through. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm, that's how I like to listen to music too. And it's really not the way that most people are thinking right now. And everyone's releasing singles and, that's awesome, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to yeah really make a full album that tells a story because I I love that as well and well neon neon really flows well it it feels like a cohesive album you thank know, you that, that's that's why I really I really dig talking to singer songwriters I mean the majority of the artists I talk to are singer songwriters yeah I've talked to, to DJs and rappers but I tend to talk to singer songwriters that kind of write the way you do. Um, yeah just because to me it's like singer songwriters are like novelists you kind of get a window into their soul you get a window you get a really i i listen to music like reading books and i like i like picking up the feelings from different writers like you know like liz fair her whole girly sound vibe was just incredible yeah i I mean (laughs) it takes you on a journey there's you know there's nothing like listening to a full album and Going Especially if you're journey. telling stories. Yeah, yeah, your songs are stories. All her songs are stories. Yeah. About some kind of relationship or some kind of situation that she went through. And she's 
able to to express it in a very you know literate and in, in, in interesting and it's just really powerful and she's kind of got this punk aesthetic instead of this riot girl free riot girl like girly sound is kind of this riot girl thing but it's yeah. acoustic typically or she's kind of like not heavy punk but she has a punk aesthetic totally which is, yeah it's yeah, just uh and your sound you know it has kind of like that juliana hatfield kind of sound to it and like i said i hear um like that kind of uh Susanna vega vibe too yeah but, but yeah it's just interesting to listen to singer songwriters i'm always telling other musicians i i, I talk to that they you know song craft is real important <laughs> yeah it's not just like the hook or everybody in the modern like pro tools world they're looking for that like really catchy hook they're yep. looking for that sample or the drum beat on the 808 or they're trying to get something that's just they can just like kind of manufacture uh and it's going to really kick and it, there's a reason to do that and there's an audience for that but the emotion to me is is, is really what's important you know in song yeah crowd. yeah it's got to start with a feeling or something you want to say um, regardless yeah, so of what, what kind of music you're making. So this is a new question I'm asking artists. Like, what is the, the favorite, most favorite song you've written? The song that you feel is like your best song if you're going to tell, like everybody has their own opinion. Your, your fans probably have their own pick. But as an artist, what is your like, like key song or your central song that you think represents your, your style? Um... I really like the person that I want to be. I think it's kind of a weird song. And um, when I wrote it, I was taking a class and I shared like a music class and I shared it with the teacher and he was like, "Uh, you may not want to like show many people this song because it doesn't really like show off a great side of you or it it shows your insecurities or something. And I was like, "Mm, but that's kind of. It's kind of like well, a singer songwriter. That's kind of what music's all about, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, look at Carol King. I mean, that, that all the great songwriters you show your vulnerability. Yeah. So I think I like that song a lot, and it kind of describes what goes on in my head a lot of the time, and I think people relate to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I personally like the thirst a lot. I do as well. Thank you. Yeah, that that one I would I, I really I've got that on repeat and it's just going on and on in my head. Oh, thank <laughs> but, you. Yeah, I just like I love to one of the cool things about this this job is like, you know, listening to all the new music and then being able to talk to the people that created it. Yeah. So then totally. so on the thirst, can you kind of describe how that came to be? Yeah, I mean, it's a relationship story, like a lot of my songs, and um, it's about a guy I dated a long time ago, <laughs> and he, like, he kind of had a drinking problem, maybe a little bit, but I just remember, I had this memory of, like, being out with him at night, and him just being like, I have the thirst, like, I gotta have another drink. <laughs> and uh yeah it just kind of struck me and um so So i was was thinking about that yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then it's you know i I write songs about the past a lot because i think it's a way that i process things um 
And it's like sometimes only when you see it from a different perspective, then the story just kind of like snaps into place. So, you know, you can't always write about something that's going on right now, at least for me. I don't know. Yeah, it's I like think just... a lot of song. Yeah, a lot of songwriters I've talked to, they they basically have kind of like they take points in their life and they kind of document them, you know. And, and, yeah. And sometimes they, you know, you get like Dylan. If you listen to like Idiot Wind or you listen to Tangled Up in Blue, it's it's supposed to be about the breakup of his of his marriage. Mm-hmm. But when you really listen to it, he still layered it with so much metaphor. Yeah, that it's hard to get to the direct, actual, personal thing that happened because he created all these characters right. that that talk about it, that talk about this personal breakup, but he still was able to be distant from it. But then it's like considered his most personal album. But he still, when you listen to the songs, he's kind of disconnected because he's created all these characters that are going through these personal tragedies, but it doesn't seem as personal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's kind of the trick of the songwriter is like, how can you do that? You know, I guess some people want to distance themselves, and some people don't. They want to be like a total open book, and it's kind of the levels of how how open you are and how personal you are to what you're saying. You know, what happened in your life? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely pretty personal with my writing. Um, I think I that's think great. I, I mean, I, I I love that kind of writing. I mean, I, I'm very much drawn to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, rarely will I write a song that's, you know, in the third person or not about me, but sometimes. Yeah, so you haven't thought to, like, create, like, a like that. well, that is something I want to talk about it, but I'm going to create this other character that talks about it. You'd rather take it on directly. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I it's think just... it's just, like, it depends on, like, who you are as a writer, you know. Yeah, how, how comfortable you are doing that. Does that ever, like, when you play something live and it's so personal, do you ever really think about that, or is like the song is the song? I'm just I'm playing it. I'm not going to consider like the, the emotions and everything. Does it ever kind of overwhelm you, or you just as a musician, you're, you're passionate about it? Doesn't give you any kind of hesitation. No, I mean, I think once they're written, they do kind of take on their own life, and after you've played them so many times, it's not. It doesn't really feel like you're sharing something that, you know, too personal. It's just, Mm -hmm. it does become a song and it becomes a piece of music. So, yeah, I don't think it it overwhelms me or anything like that. Do you feel like when you do your stage, when you do a stage show that you have kind of like a mask on, your performing mask, and then there's like the, the, the Sienna friend, the per like the not not the musician is the regular day person, but when you go on stage, do you kind of present yourself, or do you have you feel that you're presenting yourself as the entertainer version of you, or does it doesn't really you don't feel that there's any kind of distinction? I don't think there's a huge distinction for me. Like, you know, there's there's a little something that I'm presenting, um, just a little more performative, but. I don't feel a huge distinction. Um, yeah, because some artists are like, like an example would be like a Freddie Mercury or a Bowie. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Prince, they they, they w- projected like this bigger than life, and it's not really them. 
were made for right. Disney, but it seems like it's hyper. A, it's a side of them, yeah. yeah. It's a side of them, but it's like hyper extreme. <laughs> yeah. And but but some artists like they're, that's how they like to present themselves. And other artists like, well, you know, this is more stripped down. It's more authentic. Okay, I think like indie, uh, you know, kind of artist or you know the college radio artists like bands like REM, you know, Liz Fair is kind of like, well, this is me. I'm not really presenting anything more it's you know i'm able to get on stage and i i do have a little bit of flamboyance but it's not that different to who i am yeah yeah i would say so it's pretty much still just me telling stories about my life but in the in the musical form well that's really do so do you have anything you anything you want to tell your fans that i haven't asked you that like you okay well a fan of your music what would they be interested in that maybe we haven't talked about um no i guess just uh i'm i'm very excited for the next steps and where things are going to be going with my next album i think it's like really a fresh start for me so so is it a really radical departure from your other sound, or is it still in the same vein? I think it, it'll be in the same vein, but it'll be a little bit of a departure as well. You know, it'll still be me. It's not going to be a different project or anything. So it's like um, a progression a progression in your style. You're, you're feeling that you're going to be able to really kind of break out with something that's a little bit different than what yeah. you've done before. But still, like people will be familiar if they listen to Neon. They're not. It's not going to be radically so different that it's like they didn't know it was you. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm excited for the next year and for everybody to hear the next stuff that's that's going to come out and to play some more shows. Um, let's see. My next show is what is the date? It's next month. It's uh, February 6th in LA. Uh, uh, in LA at a place called The Other Door. Oh, is that downtown or is it on the outskirts? It's on the outskirts, yeah. That's cool. It's cool to be playing in LA, though. It's always good. Yeah, that's, there's that's... a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of little venues that are great for singer-songwriters, actually. And... Yeah, it's kind of like in New York, like CBGBs and Fat Baby and all these like smaller clubs are, are kind of like like where the indie bands like to go. Yeah. So I wish you great success. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to hearing about your new project. What we like to do, we've had many bands come on the, on the show like multiple times um, and artists come on. So when you get close to your new single or your new project, just give us a ring uh, on Instagram and um we can set up another another call, um, and we we have done in the past um, with some of the bands we've interviewed, like Sex with Roller Coasters from um, uh, Pittsburgh. We actually did um, like an album release show. We went through every single song on their new album uh, when they had the, the new project. Oh, cool! Was, like second podcast with them, and we did that when they released their their Dweeb album. So. Yeah, if you have have that coming into into twenty twenty, whether you have the single or the full project, we we be glad to have you back on. Awesome! Yeah, I would love to come talk to you when I have some new stuff to share. Thanks. It was fun talking.
Yeah, we're going to put this out tonight. We'll send you the links. It's going to go out to 11 different podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple, Radio Public, many, many more. And there'll be in- integration on Instagram with uh, Spotify. So it'll actually have a highlight where you can go directly to the Spotify version of this podcast. Awesome. Once we, then we'll put it up on our Fam Electric Ghost sites. We have a couple sites and our Facebook and our blogger page. So we like to promote our podcast that way. And you feel free to set it up however you want. And we'll send you a bunch of the links as they get published tonight. Okay, sounds great. I'll definitely share it. Okay, thank you very much. You're a Sienna friend. And uh, everybody check out Neon and download it and listen to it. Every platform available that you can find it. And uh, remember to send me that YouTube link and I can include that as well. Yeah, will do. Okay, thank you very much for coming on the Family Electric Go Show. We thank everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you sometime later this year. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye.